TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to two guys at a mic talk zone.com. We are getting near March Madness fever. Got the big East bracket sitting there right in front of me. Tournament action for more teams qualifying for the uh, NCAA tournament yesterday. March Madness hitting full. Well, not hitting full swing, but we're starting to uh, chomp up the appetizer and getting ready for the main course. Don't forget dessert is early April weekend. It's the coach and the big dog with you here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Producer extraordinaire back from a week. Non-relaxing vacation in beautiful Florida. Non-relaxing because he's got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And if you've ever gone on vacation with a one-year-old and three-year-old, it puts an all-new meaning to vacation. <laughs> all right, uh, Big Dog, and I know you're uh, checking in for your palatial estates out in Aurora, Illinois. Say hello to the many thousands, if not millions, of fans listening on our uh, TalkZone.com internet. Say hello to the many, the thousands, if not millions, of the many fans on the TalkZone.com listening on the internet. Don't be a smartass right off in the beginning of the show. That's you, what I do, Coach. Well, usually you save it for the end of the show. Usually you come out nice, you work your way to obnoxious, and then you finish with some kind of smart-ass comment. But today maybe you're reversing the trend. Maybe you'll get nice at the end of the show. Well, well, today, Coach, I have to admit, I'm sitting on top of my high horse a little bit. Really? Yeah, yesterday, you know, I, I have five people in their mid-20s who rent for me at the mm-hmm. house, and right. we got traffic in and out. And yesterday we're sitting downstairs in the, in the rec room, and, People are complaining that I got William and Mary and Old Dominion on. Okay, these same people, an hour and a half later, are bump, chest bumping and high fiving <laughs> and screaming at the end of the same exact game, by the way. <laughs> Just to let you know, Coach. Who can watch that game? Come on, it's going to be yeah, a boy. Yeah, let's go. Come on, baby. O-D-U. O-D-U. <laughs> yeah, back when, I know they're telling me, Jason Taylor, let's get a Fairfield. Come on. <laughs> so funny. William and Mary's pretty good now, but back when they were not good, you know what uh, other teams, and sometimes their own students, would call their sports, sports teams William and Mary, mostly Mary. <laughs> but they're a lot better now. Four teams qualified for yesterday, and I love going over these teams because these are small schools. Some of them, though. No, uh, the, who, the ends of these games are phenomenal, Coach. They're phenomenal, how great good these games are. Who was the team we were talking about yesterday? I think Mercer. Everybody considers, you know, Mercer, Cinderella, small school team. Out of the last six years, they've been in the NCAA tournament five times. They've become almost like a Gonzaga now. They're the, the powerhouse of the small schools. Yeah, yeah. Mercer's had a had a pretty decent run. We had that little run there where Winthrop, Winthrop was making, you know, they were yep. winning the Big South every year. And then Davidson with uh, Stephen Curry. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and these teams win some games. You know, George Mason going to the Final Four, going four and one in in NCAA tournament, wasn't that shocking to me, to be quite honest with you, Coach. And, and I'm really thinking um, a Cinderella is going to win the win the big tournament one day. And and I don't and I don't mean like a Northwestern from the Big Ten. I, mm-hmm. I, I truly mean like a, mm-hmm. not even maybe not even a Gonzaga anymore, but like a, a Winthrop or something like that is mm-hmm. going to win one within the next be 10, cool. ten years or so. It would be cool. Let's hope uh, at some point it's going to happen. People say never, never say never, but uh, you know that a number one, 
knocks off a number 16. I don't know if it'll be this year, but it's going to happen at some point. Yesterday, Big Dog, just to recap, and again, uh, folks, thanks for joining us. Beautiful Tuesday. We are uh, doing our show out of the fine city of Chicago, whatever city you are checking in from, be it big, small, or anywhere in the vast in-between. We are glad you could join us, and uh, if you're into some college hoops, that'll be our main source of discussion. We'll get off the sports page, talk a little baseball, too. A couple of significant injuries are taking place. Big Dog, I know you're a baseball expert, uh, and we invite you, the listener, to join us here with the dog and the coach. 888 Seven four eight is our phone number. Again, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number. Dog in the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's knocked off Gonzaga. St. Mary's is in in the uh, MAAC. That's the Middle Atlantic. What is that? The Middle. Well, hold on, Mr. William and Mary won that game. No, I didn't say that. St. Mary's okay. beat Gonzaga. Okay. Oh, you're Saint Mary. Sienna, Saint Mary, defi- they, that's the WCC. You 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 confused me when you said the MAAC. That's what I thought it was the MAAC. That's what I wrote down, that's but it doesn't a, that's really matter. Metro Athletic Association Association Conference. It is not the Men's Afro American uh, Center. No, it is not. Okay, Believe very good. Just check it. Sienna seventy-two, Fairfield sixty-five. Sienna's in Woofer. Woof. Woofer defeated Appalachian State in the Southern Conference Colonial Athletic Division. Big Dog, you watch this game. It was a thriller. Old Dominion knocked off William & Mary. So those four teams are in. Let me ask you real quick now, because I know you're worried about some of the bubble teams, including your fighting line. Did the St. Mary's victory over Gonzaga, did that take another spot away from your beloved Illini? No, it didn't. St. Mary's was belonged in the tournament before Illinois did. Okay. Okay, I'm, look, I want to get this straight. You always accuse me of bias for some reason because I love my team so much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can always tell you exactly where they belong. Illinois right now is teeter tottering, and St. Mary's, if they had lost to Gonzaga like by a close game, even if they kind of got blown out, I, I, they're a better team than Illinois. They're 25 or oh, 26 and five right now. Okay, it would have been 25 and six if they lost mm-hmm. that game. That was the first thing when I read the paper this morning and saw that score. I was like, oh no, the big dog is going to be not so happy. Another spot is taken away from his bubble-bound fighting Illini. But St. Mary's, I when would, I saw their record, like a 25 and or 26 and five, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, so that's why I wasn't. You know what I mean? It wasn't like uh, the William and Mary game. You know, where mm-hmm. it says. Uh, Old Dominion's getting in whether they won that game or not. So yeah. that was really important that Old Dominion won for Illinois. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same way. Beautiful. Beautiful. Big dog, you sound like you're peppy. You're up today. Everything good. I know March Madness uh, feeds your fever a little bit, gets you in a good mood. Anything else in your personal life that our Mike and, uh, two guys that are Mike listeners might want to know about that sounds uh, maybe a little bit extra pep in your step today. Anything we can talk oh, no, about no. on the radio airwaves? The, the, the personal life is really good. The, the career life, not so great. Personal life, absolutely fantastic so at this moment. Coach. If you're keeping score at home, folks, uh, personal life, very, very good. We won't get too personal into your personal life, but uh, career life outside of this wonderful show, not so good. Yeah, it's uh, okay. it's it's weird culture. I don't get to go out very much. You know, like back in the day when I was doing the show with you on twelve forty. Yes, I was we I was out constantly. Now that I'm about to work, I don't go out much. I thought I got to go out this weekend. It was a very very productive and I would mm-hmm. say triumphant weekend for myself. <laughs> if you can, you know what I'm saying. Productive, uh, but, productive and triumphant, huh? Yes, exactly. Uh, God bless you. Uh, well, you know what? This March is crazy though. If you think about what actually happens in March over the world of sports. You tell me, there really is March Madness. First of all, the basketball is fantastic. Unless your team is a bubble team, it'll drive you crazy. Because I, I got sickness over my freaking basketball team. That should not happen. I'm a grown man. I have other issues to worry about. 
your your football team. All they do around football is either, either your kid in college is getting arrested, or your football team is spending way too much money in free agency, or they're not spending any money in free agency. And either way, it drives the fans mm-hmm. crazy. And then if you talk about in baseball, the only thing good that happens in baseball during this time is you get excited about some young rookie who, by the way, in April is going to drive you crazy anyway. Yes. All that can happen in baseball is your players get hurt. It's not a good time to be a sports fan. It really is March Madness, Coach. Interesting. Interesting. What I thought you were good. Happened besides the tournament. You're painting a pretty accurate picture. I thought you were going to go the other way, talking about how great it is, and you know the NHL and NBA playoffs not that far away. No, no, but no, you're this, painting. They the... haven't even started yet. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you are. Right. We still have to wait for that to start. You are painting a not so good picture of it. And you bring up an interesting point with the the NFL teams in the off season. You could almost like keep a scoreboard for each team: plus two, minus three, plus one, minus four on how they did in the off season. And here's where you get your plus and minus from. It's the comparison of number of arrests that your players have. Yes. <laughs> with, with the number of uh, good free agent signings that you got. So if you signed Ooh, nice. three good free agents and only had one arrest, your offseason was a plus two, that would be a good NFL offseason. Are you with me on this? Uh, I, I'm No, I definitely am with you. I'm definitely with you. Yeah, it, if you only signed you know, one free agent, you got like five guys getting arrested, you have a minus four offseason, you could be in some serious trouble. Okay, coach, but uh, how do you designate like a positive free agent signing? Because like to me, yeah, Chester Taylor is a better signing than Julius Peppers. Interesting for for the simple fact that one of them costs seventy nine point eight million dollars more than the other one has mm-hmm. a little bit to do with that, coach. Just mm-hmm. to let you know. Yeah, and you almost so. have. You're right. I don't know if you could separate the financial part from just picking out the player and which team's going to help you win more. And I guess. Uh-huh. In the end, the finances play a part of it because the amount of money you pay to one player is going to prevent you, if not this year, down the road from picking up other players. I hate to play the financial game. I don't get into it. To me, that's the part of sports I try to stay away from. But, I know you do. But it is a fact of life, unfortunately, in pro sports, uh, in the NBA included. I mean, right? A big part of the Chicago Bulls. I mean, my beloved Bulls, a team that I that I root for and uh, and absolutely love. You know, and they're on a you know what, what eight out of ten games. And all they're talking about is what players they can get rid of this year so that they can open up cap room to get players for next year and give them a better chance of winning a championship. It was all about not so much trading for players for this year, but it was all about opening trading up financial. Yeah, very yeah. weird. Yeah, trading for contracts. Yeah, basketball's a little different than any other sports because, I mean, it truly is you just have to trade for contracts because mm-hmm. the salary cap is so tight and all that other stuff. But mm-hmm. uh I don't want to get into all the finance. I yeah. really didn't mean to bring it up that way. But it, 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 that's you know, it's part of the sport. As a fan, we have to deal with this stuff. It, it just cracks me because there's other years where Bear fans always complain. And, you know, a lot of Bear fans are getting now. And then there's other ones like me who like to spend money. But still, it's like I don't like to win that way so much. I like to, I like to build them up with a draft pick, mm-hmm. get deep and get, get depth all the way through your system, and then, uh, you know, and add a piece here or there. I don't like to build your whole team. It never worked for Daniel Snyder. So... And that's the guy who really will do anything to win, and it's never worked for him. Which financial company was it came out with the marketing campaign, you know, do it the old-fashioned way? Was that E.F. Hutton? Was it Smith okay. Barney? You, you but uh, and I, I agree with you. It, it, it may be idealistic. It may be not be reality right now. But um, as a sports fan, that's the way. And, and in baseball, too. And it's probably easier to do in baseball because you got minor league systems. You can develop players. But, yeah, yeah you want your own ingrown players. You want guys that are Cubs. Or guys that are Chicago Bulls, not all of a sudden just to bring in this player here, this player here, this player here. Boom! 
we got a contending team. There's like no team chemistry. There's no feeling of community with that particular sports team. You see, uh, you know, we've gone in the opposite direction than this because I trust. I believe in fiscal responsibility. And I like building teams, uh, and you're like go, you're gung ho about it, coach. I, I just wish there was more of it in the city of Chicago. But I, I trust. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm not 100 percent that way. I do like adding free agents and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I just don't like building that way. But yeah, you are. You're one of those old-fashioned guys. You you believe like Kurt Flood to you. For some people, are a hero. Kurt Flood to you is a, he's like a villain, isn't he? Because he wrecked the reserve squad, <laughs> and because of that, you know, players get to choose where they get to play in baseball after a certain amount of years. Gave away my Kurt Flood baseball card many years ago to the Hickey Twins on the block. If I could ever find those Hickey Twins right now, I will tell you right now, Big Dog, they're in serious trouble. I've had private investigators trying to find those kids. They've gone undercover. They took my baseball. I didn't, I didn't take it, to be fair. I gave my baseball card collection away, including the Kurt Flood rookie card. I mean, what would that have been worth in, the, in its heyday? A guy like a Kurt Flood who changed the whole, not just baseball, but changed all professional sports, gave my entire collection away when I went away to college, came back about three, four years later when baseball cards really got valuable, uh-huh. and the, the two kids went undercover. They went in hiding. Okay. Uh... The parents moved. It was unbelievable. So, by the way, one of the twins, Kevin Hickey, he pitched for the White nope, Sox. Nope, nope. <laughs> wrong Hickey. Oh, wrong Hickey? Okay, never mind. Yeah, wrong Hickey. Just look on your left neck, see if you can find the other Hickey. 888-463-6748, the number, 888 I've only, I've said only half kiddingly, Big Dog, half kiddingly, that uh, winning sometimes is overrated. Well, mm- Depends on what time you're winning. If you're talking about winning for the Cubs to this afternoon, yes, overrated. Mm-hmm. You know, winning for the Blackhawks today, uh, well, a little tiny bit overrated. I'm but, talking about picking up players, maybe you know, bad attitude guys, guys that aren't the best players that you oh, put no. talent together and you win. As a fan right now, maybe I'm showing my age here, my later years. I'm not that desperate for victory. I want to root for a team, yes, that wins, but I want to root for a team that's likable, too. Guys that I can actually root for. So that's where, in some sense, I think winning is overrated. It's not the be-all and the end-all. It's great, and that's what competition, that's what sports is all about. But you know what? If, if your team finishes uh, in baseball, you know, 85 and 76, and you got a likable team, and they battled and they fought, enjoy each and every one of those 85 victories. It was a fun season, and uh, move on to the next sport. I try not to get too much involved in that coach because, to be quite honest with you, how do we really know if these guys are good guys or bad guys? You know, like maybe you put a camera in front of a Cubs face in, you know, the mid-aughts. Remember when they were having that run and everybody complained that the Cubs were surly and they weren't good? Yep. I'm not trying to defend the Cubs there because okay, I do agree with that. I thought they were surly and, and kind of, I don't know, mean. But the, the, the point of the matter is maybe these guys are shy or something like that. Mm-hmm. These guys might go out and actually do charity work and help kids out and stuff afterwards. You got other guys that are all bombastic and nice and lovable in front of the camera, and they're awesome and they wink mm-hmm. and they say the right thing. You're like, oh, what a likable guy! You turn the camera, and all of a sudden he's yelling at one of his teammates, the rookie, because he didn't shine his shoes or he took a seat. Mm-hmm. He goes home and he cheats on his wife, does all kinds of drugs. You can't, don't believe everything you see. So I try not to. I like the Cubs. I like the the Blackhawks. I like I like the Bears. I like the Bulls. So great point. I, I'm not gonna. You know what? I try not to like a guy or just mm-hmm. like him too much because these guys can really really change. I mean, do you think Michael Jordan was a saint? People think he was a saint. This guy did more dirty backdoor stuff in the city of Chicago than any athlete ever. He's a <laughs> god in this city. 
just because he was able to paint yeah. the picture that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he, he like he shouldn't like Michael Jordan. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to bum bum rap him whatsoever. I love the guy, but mm-hmm. you know he's no saint. That, yeah, that's I, why I, I try not to get involved in that stuff. All I care about is does, is he a team player? Does he give 100? percent mm-hmm. I think your point is extremely well taken, and especially the fact of how dependent and how influenced we are by the media. Those uh-huh. that are of us that are not on the inside, we basically depend on what we read, what we see, and what we, uh, you know, what is written by some of the media guys. So you are exactly correct. Uh, sometimes those portrayals Coach, are not always the accurate portrayal. Coach, I know how it kind of works. Okay, I'm not going to act like I'm. I know all about the beat writers on that, but say you're a beat writer, mm-hmm. and you go in there, and some guy always gives you good quotes. He says the stuff that makes printable good reading stuff. And for this guy playing his shortstop for the Cubs for like five years, and all of a sudden he, the, the same beat writer hears some really negative stuff about that guy. He's not going to bash him about it because he knows that this guy gives him good stuff all the time. And these guys, the players know this. They're smart. They're media savvy. They have agents. They have media consultants that tell them what to say to make sure their image is always exactly shiny and bright and positive mm-hmm. and always doing the right thing. Boy. So. Just because hey. some guy like tells some some reporter to shove it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. He might be the best guy in the whole freaking locker room. Based on that description, and I don't know if I fully go as far as you uh, depicting what some of the writers might be, but you are it puts an all new term to the beat writer. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. The way, the way you were describing it, they really are beat writers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'll give you a better way. A better way to describe not just athletes but famous people on, on the real, true test of their character. I'm going to do it after the break, and it involves you, big dog, Joel Radwanski, and a previous career opportunity that you had where you uh, touched base. You were able to uh, rub shoulders and elbows and a few other body parts with some of the rich and famous, and I think that gives you a better description of what the true personality, true character is all about. We're going to take a quick break, a guy of tremendous character. Tremendous personality and good looks on top of it. Our producer, David Olson, giving me the rodeo sign. It means time to take a quick break. Phone lines are open if you want to join us. March Madness on the dock at Big East. Tournament starts today. you got a team you're rooting for. Give us a call. Let's talk some hoops. 888-463-6748. Two guys, one mic. TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com 
All right, back on the TalkZone.com. By the way, we haven't thrown our email out today. We are definitely email efficient. If you want to send us uh, any communicata via the email, that is uh, mucho apreciado. It is uh, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C in the number two. Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Real quick before I get to my point, um, based on your career, past career opportunity, Big Dog, I meant to mention we talked Academy Awards yesterday. I don't know if you saw it or not, but... I totally forgot yeah. it was on. I, I would I wouldn't mind checking a little bit of it. There was good totally stuff. Forgot. There was good stuff, and we I'm not going to rehash everything. But uh, you know how they do the um, pictorial and musical ode to the people that passed away for the previous year, that Hollywood stuff. Without a doubt, one of the most emotional moments. It of, is. Uh, of this. It is very very cool. And this year they brought. I don't think they've done it in the past, but they had a live singer. They actually brought James Taylor up on stage while the pictorial was going on. The only, I, I, I think they did that last year, okay. too. A new tradition, which yeah. is pretty good. The only, you know, I call it humorous, or you can call me sick, but I did find it somewhat humorous, uh, Big Dog, is that James Taylor looked very old and did not look particularly healthy. Oh, so you didn't think he was going to make it through the song? He was going to nope. be the last one? Nope. No. <laughs> Boy, that's some script writing for you, huh? I didn't go that far, although that's pretty good. I wish I would have come up with that. I, I commented to my son and my wife when we were watching it. That next year's pictorial, he's going to be the lead. He's going to be the first one pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> he just did not look real good. I thought, you know, how on for you? Know, next time they do an ode to the people that passed away, get someone a little bit more healthy. By the way, did you hear they did not? There's a little controversy. Farrah Fawcett was not included in the pictorial. What? They said, how did they forget? Sarah well, Fawcett? apparently, and, and B. Arthur from Maud, the same thing, and one other TV person, I forget. Apparently, there's the separation between TV and the movies, and the Oscars all about the movies, but B. Arthur and Farrah Fawcett did do some movies, so I thought that was a, a, a little controversy going on there. Shocking development. Coach. Shocking. Absolutely I, I, shocking. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at that. Uh, I'm really surprised at that. I, I didn't know that that, that was the, the guideline. But, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, big dog and a coach. Two guys and a mic. 888-463-6748. We were talking real quick before we get back to college basketball, dog. Um, sports personalities and how we view them. Uh, and, and sometimes what we see is not the reality. And you brought up a good point. A lot of guys that might come off as standoffish are very charitable, quietly, and it's not brought up. But you had a career back in the day. And, David, uh, if we want to redo this segment, we had a – a segment we used to call Close Encounters of a Shoe Cut. By the way, we can't do that anymore. Somebody else copyrighted it, Coach. Stop it. <laughs> Joel used to be a shoe salesman at Ni- Nordstrom's. Uh, at uh, Nike Town. Uh, well, Nor- I, I was at Nike Town for four years, and then I was at like Nordstrom for okay. like three years. And Nordstrom's, for those listeners in the non-Chicago area, very fancy upscale shoe store. Nike Town, well, of course. No, that's everywhere. That's national, Coach. Nordstrom's? Nordstrom is everywhere. Don't pronounce the S. It's Nordstrom coach. Oh, but... Please don't don't get me upset. Say the name right. Okay. (laughs) I thought you didn't like that place anymore. They fired you. Well, that's why I'm making fun of it, coach. Okay. Good. Nordstrom's. Yeah, Nordstrom. Nordstrom's. Yeah, don't pronounce the S. They get upset. All right. The point is, you were a shoe salesman for many of the rich and famous. They didn't know you from Adam. They had no idea you were going to become an internet talk show star down the road. And I've always said, and you you agreed with me, that um, you can truly judge the inner 
character of a person by how they deal with people such as shoe salesmen, waiters, waitresses, service people. So you were able to experience some of the uh, the upscale and some of the downscale of the way celebrities treated a shoe salesman. And, and the beautiful thing that I have, I have two different perspectives on this because I had the three years where I worked at Nordstrom in men's shoes where these people had to pay for their stuff, okay? And I also, before that, previous to that, I worked for four years in a place where athletes came in. Now, there was also uh, actors and stuff who didn't have, who, who had to pay for their stuff, but uh, these same people, the athletes that were coming to Nike Town, they get comp, they're comp athletes. So if you're a Nike guy, everybody has to play in Chicago at least one time a year if they're mm-hmm. an athlete. Well, during their time that they come to Chicago, some get 500, some get 1,000, some guys get unlimited comp. They can go into this Nike town and take whatever they want. Wow. I got to tell you, Coach, is some of these guys, I, I, legitimately, I, I started writing down some of these stories. I, I have hundreds of incidents. Basically, got to the point where, uh, if, if you're just listening to the talkzone.com now, I, I'm really good at stats. I know, like, sports history really, really well. And I would see people that would come in, and they would be rude to one of my employees, and I'd be like, hey, remember that game you had three errors against the Cubs back in June? Of, you know, and I would just rip on these guys. And actually, like, fights would start in the – not, like, physical fights, but – like, I would be ripping on these guys. Who are you to talk to somebody this way? I was like, you know, the only reason why, I was like, was that the, for the fact that you were left-handed, you'd be washing dishes. So that's a Felix already a regular face. I'm not kidding you. Because it was really rude to one of my employees. So Hey, Ramirez, run around third, one out. Try hitting the ball deep to right field one time, will you? I, I would have to say the one of the worst people that had ever been in there was Raymond Harris. Do you remember the yeah. ultra-back? Fine fullback out of Ohio State. and uh, I, I liked him as a Chicago Bear. Well, except for his last like uh, his last like season with the Bears, he turned into Rashawn Salam and he got the fumbleitis. Remember? Yeah. And he became a bit of a media. He was on the the media. I don't think it ever followed through, but for a while he was starting to get into the media. Was he not? Yeah, but the problem is you have to be able to speak English properly in order to be part of the media. Yeah, that that's, hasn't that's prevented that hasn't prevented a few others. Well, that, this is true. But I, I, I I'm trying to think of some off the top of the head. This is the one I just like because it's, it's quick. So I'm in men's basketball, and this dude, Raymond Harris, shoves a pair of shoes into my chest, and he's like, take this upstairs, is what he says to me. Seriously, Coach. Like, he shoved it in my chest and, like, did the thumb thing to take this upstairs. I'm not kidding you, Coach. I shoved it right back in his chest. I'm like, what, you afraid you're going to fumble it? Oh! The whole place. Nice. There was another bear in there that started laughing. I'm like, I'm not the bitch. I was like, I'm not your bitch. I was like, you're nobody. Go up there and take it yourself, ultra back. <laughs> oh, my God. And the, the the funny thing is, Coach, is Raymond Harris isn't as big as me. And uh-huh. I really think I could have taken him in a fight. So I was mm-hmm. kind of hoping he was. He wanted to fight me. It was hilarious. Wow. Great that's story. nice. Compelling yeah. and rich. Well, that is know. nice. Just, Ladies and gentlemen. Many, many stories about stupid stuff. But that one, I, I, I just, they're all, not all of them are rude. Because like guys like Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn would come and find me at Nike Town Coach so we can talk baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. So that used to be good. We used to talk like who the best pitchers in the game or who the best all-time hitters were, like uh, like why he hit so well off of Maddox. I mean, you name it. Tony Gwynn would sit down for like an hour with me. I would I would be on the clock. I would like hide and sit and talk mm-hmm. baseball with the guy. Close and encounters. Like, I love coming to Chicago and talking baseball with you. Close encounters of a shoe kind, a big dog. How about is there a non-sports person you ran into, a uh, maybe a movie oh. star that was particularly obnoxious or particularly cool like a Tony Gwynn? Yeah, I got the one Spielberg story that I probably should write down on the, on the blog one day. 
there, there's a bunch of good ones. One of the, one of the, I remember one of the funny one is Derek Jeter and Miss Universe walk into Nordstrom one day, walk into men's shoes. They sit down and she looks around as 15 guys run over and all start shaking Derek Jeter's hand and pay no attention to Miss Universe. I, I thought that <laughs> scene was pretty funny. I was like, dude, look at how hot that girl is. <laughs> and I, would, I said that to Derek. I think it's pretty funny that uh, uh-huh. you're even more beautiful than Miss Universe. And he started laughing. I hate to ask this and don't call anybody out. We don't want to get in trouble here on the talkzone.com. We are not uh, www.gossip.com, but... Uh, how many times, and I'm going to guess more than a few, did athletes or stars come in with person of the other sex that did not happen to be a husband and or a wife? Oh, numerous, numerous times. Okay, they're divorced now, so I can say it. David Justice came flat out to me. He's walking through, and he was, he was yeah, I, I, we were walking through tennis, and he saw me. He's like, yo, dog, I need two jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I need one Yo, for a girl like this big and like this. I'm like, the size of Halle Berry? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, here, how about this? He's like, oh, yeah, that, that'll fit. He's like, I need one more, dude. I need one with a girl a little taller with a little more junk in her trunk. <laughs> <laughs> David Jeffers was killed. I'm like, here, David, give me a $10 bill. Oh, boy, you should have kept notes. You should have kept notes. There would be a book there. By the way, if you use well, the title. I have, Coach. Huh? I have started, by the way, in my downtime. In this, in my, because you know, this, right, right now I'm only working like three hours a week. Uh huh. So, uh, well, I'm trying to work more, but I, that I've would definitely be, yeah, that would definitely be book worthy. Close Encounters of a Shoe Kind, the story of a, uh, shoe salesman of the rich and famous, Joel Radwanski. True stories behind the people. Who are the nice, anybody with real nice feet? Um, I really don't remember in particular, but I'm going to tell you this straight up. You know, I sold shoes to Michelle Kwan. Really? And you That's know how much knowing I you, know, knowing your attraction, one, to the Asian persuasion, and two, to figure skaters, by rights, there should have been a security person or another adult uh, observing you as you fitted the Michelle Kwan for shoes. Hopefully, She, you, came, you, in, she huh? came in there by herself. I understand. She didn't try any of the shoes on. She's like, she's like, oh, no, Joel, I just need these sizes, so it's the shoes. That's fine. She's like, I do need to try the bikinis on. I'm not kidding you. Hey. How you doing? Joel, Joel day, tried- my buddies that worked at me at Nike Town, they still laugh about that. They were like, they're like, dude, I've never <laughs> seen you not speak for five minutes. Joel tried to tell her, tried to sell her in the thigh length boots. Or the- well, we didn't have those, Coach, but, and I would have run down to get them if I wasn't afraid when I got back up, she might not be there. So. <laughs> All right, we'll do well, It can be a little bit of a regular segment. Maybe once a week we'll do Close Encounters of a Shoe Kind, a preview. Preview of probably a bestseller book. And then once you come out with the book and it becomes a bestseller, Big Dog, the next step is somebody, maybe a Catherine Bigelow, very hot director right now, picks it up, makes a movie out of it. You, in a couple of years, we could be talking about you and what suit you wore as you walked the red carpet to the Academy Awards. You know, it, it actually, you stranger know, things have happened. A, a fictitious show that they put on like Spike Television at like uh, one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, working at a retail store for a a prestigious shoe company <laughs> that gives out free stuff to the athletes and they come in to pick up their free stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and every, and you have to see who's in town to figure out which, which jerks are going to come in and yell at you for the next 10 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's got potential. We got to work on it. It's got potential. All right. Let's All right. get back real quick. We're going to take a break, uh, but real quick, let's kind of paint the picture here. We got March Madness talk, some baseball action from spring training, couple of injuries I want to talk about particularly. And I even heard one of our, Local Chicago news announcers lead off with their sports report by saying good news for the White Sox fans. Joe Nathan of the Minnesota Twins might be out for the season, having 
have Tommy John elbow surgery. And I, I hate to have that kind of comment where it's good news for the White Sox fan. But I, looking at it from the opposite side, a significant injury for the Minnesota Twins, Joel. Not for sure, but Joe Nathan, their star reliever, with uh, potential. Elbow surgery could be gone for the entire season. That's huge. That's it, it, it's gigantic, and he is gone for the whole year. If you're having Tommy oh, it's John official. Surgery, I don't care how you're done. Okay, you're done for the whole year. You can't come back from that. And coach, when you lose your closer, it's it's really because it's a ripple effect through your whole your whole organization. Because either they have to go out and get a guy that they know 100 percent could be a closer, mm-hmm. and there's a 100 percent chance that they're not going to get somebody as good as Nathan because the only people as good as Nathan are Mariano Rivera. And Francisco Rodriguez, I mean, it's a short list. You, you know what I mean, Coach? So that's it's crippling to the Twins right now. And in order for them to overcome this, they're going to need, like, a magical story. Like, oh, Matt Crane finally gets a chance, you know, and he, and he has a magical season. You know what I mean? Seriously, they, they're in a lot of trouble. You need a closer, especially for a team that likes to beat people 3-2. to two. You know, they don't beat people 8-5, Coach. They, they play those nail-biter games. Emailer, so, um... Emailer Layaway Larry wants to know any chance the Twins will bring back Latroy Hawkins to close. Um, yeah, there is a chance, and there's also a chance that they're going to play their games indoors this year. Okay, so that's not the no. A simple on behalf of Layaway Larry, you could have just made a simple no. That isn't as much fun though. Coach. No, it isn't. Hey, real quick, uh, and then we're going to take a break, and then get back to the. Main source at hand, which is the college basketball tournament, some of the Cinderella's that have made it. Big East tournament starting today, Big Ten tournament coming up. Sunday is the selection show. We're getting right near smack in the middle of March Madness. But uh, just to finish on the baseball front, dog, I'm hearing uh, great things, in some cases unbelievable things, about the Cuban sensation from the Cincinnati Reds. And you don't think of somehow the Reds picking up a great player from Cuba. It's just kind of an odd combo. But no, uh, tell me a little bit about everybody. The huh? Reds outbid everyone. Th- so. That's the odd part about it. But Aroldis Chapman, what do you know about him? I know you've got representatives at each of the spring training camps. You've got your pulse on the baseball heartbeat. The guy's throwing 102 miles per hour. Could he be the real deal, Big Doug? Uh, coach, from everything that MLB Network, MLB.com, I, I really do try to keep a pulse on the game of baseball year-round. This kid is for real because not only is he throwing consistently 100 miles an hour when he throws his four-steamer coach, mm-hmm. when he throws a two-steam fastball, which he throws a lot more than the other one, it moves like crazy. And so he, he's, he's, he's a pitcher, coach. He's not a thrower. He throws he so fast. He's a pitcher who can throw 100 miles an hour. Which is scary. Which is yeah, scary. So Apparently he throws so fast that when he throws the four-seamer and the catcher throws the ball back, there's only three seams on the baseball. That's fast. <laughs> That is really, really but nice. but supposedly control is his one uh, little shaky thing. I, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be a batter up there. If a guy's throwing 102 miles an hour and he has questionable control, yeah, yeah, that and he's got crazy movement too. That's the thing is his ball dances and darts, so you're you're not exactly sure that the ball where it's going at the moment that you see it halfway mm-hmm. from home plate if it's really going in that particular direction when it's going at your bat. And finally. So, yeah, you, be- before, add that into it. But finally, before we head to a break and uh, switch into the college basketball talk, and you want to join us here, folks, two guys at a mic. One mic is always open for you, 888-463-6748. The Cubs are 2-1 and one on the exhibition season with a rainout in there, too, so call it 2-1-1, one and one, 666 winning percentage. That's good enough for first place. Is it too early for the Cub fans to get excited, Mr. Redwanski? I hate to tell you, Coach. 
two, one, and one is a 600 winning percentage. Close enough. Okay. The question still remains. Is it too early to get excited, or should we wait for, for a couple more exhibition games? Um, I'm going to have to tell you this, but like I've told everybody, I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have baseball because I don't even think I'm going to win 50 games this season. Yeah. I think they're horrible. I'm not even going to worry about it, Coach. No reason to get excited. Let's, when you go to Wrigley Field this year, go with tempered excitement, and if they win there the game, get really happy. And then mm-hmm. the next game, just trust me, they're going to well win. Said, Don't well. even get excited about this season. Way to okay. put it in perspective. Very nicely done. We're going to okay. take a quick break, and Big Dog, uh, make sure you get your hand off my thigh. That's, that's not my hand, Coach. And that's not my thigh. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer, TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> On two guys and a mic. Call 888 Go For It. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog was given a note uh, during the break from our female intern, Louisa, who was hired uh, while David was gone last week. David had no part in the hiring of Louisa, and um, remember her nickname, Joe, and I do remind you, no squeeze of Louisa. I. I, I... Trust me, Coach, I won't even try. I'm not even trying anymore, okay? I, I know better. No squeeze of Louisa informing me. We were talking about uh, the ode to the people that passed away during the Academy Awards. This is odd. Not yesterday, but two days ago. This is really odd. Two of the three oldest people in the United States passed away within two hours of each other. Did you read this story? Oh, did, did the older one finally give in? or Mary, Mary Josephine Ray, 114 years old, passed away. But you're talking 1886. Which is unbelievable. She actually got to see the Cubs win a World Series. This woman was 41 years old on the day of the stock market crashing in October of 29. Think about that. That She was thinking about her retirement when the stock market crashed in 29. (laughs) That's... That, that does put it in per- I never quite thought of it that way, but that puts it in perspective pretty good. Oh, my goodness. That's that, an old woman. Okay, that was... That, that, was deserves, that deserves the wow if we had the wow button. But, yeah, so then two hours later. Okay. Two hours later, Daisy Bailey. Daisy Bailey, age 113, who had just... Damon Bailey's girlfriend? Yeah, no. No. Daisy Bailey, who uh, had just moved up to the second oldest person. So she was one step away from the top. Daisy Bailey passes away two hours later. What are the odds of that 
You know me, I have a weird fascination with obituaries. The two of the three oldest people in the U.S. both pass away within two hours of each other. So Daisy Bailey, coach, think yes. about this. Daisy Bailey. Daisy Bailey. 60 years old. Yep. 60 years old the day we dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. Hiroshima, excuse me. Mm-hmm. 60 years old. She was an old woman during World War II. She was a 12-year-old neophyte when the Cubs won the World Series. Did I get the age? No, 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 no. She wasn't. She was born in 1885. No, no, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I just messed it wrong. When did the Cubs win? 19 oh, oh, she's 111. Oh, I'm sorry. 1899. No, right. oh, she's she 113. Was she was nine years old. I got the years wrong. So she was 50 in World War One. Mm-hmm. I got the years wrong. She was mm-hmm. 50, though, when World War II ended. Okay. All <laughs> right. We dropped a bomb out here. Let's see. Yeah. Anyhow, tremendous, tremendous long lives for those two young ladies in an odd, odd coincidence. All right, welcome back. <laughs> two guys at a mic here on TalkZone.com, and we're talking a little college basketball. We opened up the show with Big Dog saying, we're not smack in the middle of March Madness yet, but we're getting awfully close to it. Selection show is Sunday. I know you're going to have a selection show party. I will be there for that, but let's talk real quick. Uh, the tournament that starts today, the Big East tournament, some big names playing. you got Connecticut taking on St. John's, Cincinnati and Rutgers. The top teams, of course, have a bye. But to your thoughts overall on the Big East tournament, some of the powers will battle each other for the uh, right to call themselves tournament champion. Yeah, and uh, you know, coach, everyone's saying that the Big East is better than the Big Ten. You know, I don't want to. I, I actually, I don't think it's that much better, but it is, without a doubt, at worst, the second best uh, conference in the country, and it should be really good. And I do like the fact that they finally got all sixteen teams. They started doing that last yes. year. They got all 16 teams in the Big East uh, mm-hmm. to actually be in the tournament. But because of that, if you finish what, like in first through fourth, you don't have to play the first two rounds of the tournament. Isn't that right? Yeah, and if you're, yeah like, that, that, that's the part I don't like. And if you're DePaul, you have to win is it five or six games in order to win it all. Yeah. I don't mind. I, you know, it's, I think everybody can agree if you got unbalanced teams and you know certain teams have to play a first round game to get in so that you get basically for every tournament you got to get to a 4 8 16 32 any one of those magical numbers so you can break your brackets down even right i mean that's mm-hmm. well, well they have 16 the problem is they don't want just say they have Georgetown who's number one in the country they don't want Georgetown to have to play four games in four consecutive days and then have to go play an NCAA tournament game yeah, three see, days I, later you know, so they're protecting their teams so that uh-huh. they can that they're protecting well, I don't their like top that. teams by see, doing it this way, Coach. Yeah. That is 100% of the reason. Uh, well, I don't like that 100%. What that does is it's cheapening the Big East tournament. You're, you're determining your tournament based on the NCAA tournament. You should be prouder of that. You're the Big East. You're putting on your marquee event at the end of the year. This is separate from the regular season. The regular season is over. You are now putting on the Big East tournament. You want to make that the best tournament possible, and you also want to make it fair. you got 16 teams seated. Let it go, 16 to 8, four games to win. Don't worry what happens down the road in the NCAA. Run your tournament the way it should best be run. Don't base your tournament on the NCAA tournament coming up in a week and a half. Yeah, well, see, one thing that they kind of want to do is have, like, uh, days in between. But then you, you can have kids that will be at a particular site for six days straight. I'm That's sorry. what they're afraid of. Hope. They don't want that to happen. So I'm all about academia. The logistics are an issue. That's the problem. Well, you're talking about kids missing school. Yeah. See, for the month of March, as far as I'm concerned, the hoops takes priority. For those college basketball players, I'm all about academics, and I'm a firm believer, you know, if, if you're playing college football or college basketball, you got to go to school and get your academics too. But I think for the month of March, for this period of time, I think the basketball's got to take priority a little bit. 
Yeah, I, I, oh, I'm with you. Heck yeah, there's, there's, you're talking about millions of dollars for these universities. And how much more, you, you get more of an education traveling, being with your team yes. and trying to win tournaments than yep. you do sitting in a classroom yeah. trying to figure out the differences in or, uh, gender uh, just discrimination amongst the hiring in Alaska. Hey, you know take I mean? it you easy. in class and figure that stuff out. Take it easy. My uh, older son might be majoring in gender discrimination, so don't don't start firing on that particular major. Just as long as it is a chance transgender discrimination. Well, that doesn't <laughs> anything wrong with that. It was, here, instead of playing four games in a row – how about you? Well, you said if they if they played the four games and get everybody a day off, you could do run the tournament from Monday through Sunday, right? So on the days off, you hire a tutor and you make sure the kids get some studying done. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, I'm not going to worry too much about how unfair the the way I look at it is this: if DePaul had to play the number one team in the Big East last year, they wouldn't have won a Big East game all season. The fact that 16 had to play 13. In some weird kind of like play-in game of the Big East tournament, DePaul got a victory for that. Mm -hmm. So in some weird way, the way the Big East tournament is set up right now is ideal. They they, they thought outside the box, Coach. They Mm -hmm. didn't just do your simple 1 through 16. All of a sudden, you like the chances of DePaul winning six games in a row Mm -hmm. is almost nil. So you basically cut it down so these kids aren't going to be there for that long. That's a good argument for the other side. That's how I give the – couple of those teams a chance to get on maybe not a four-game run but a two- or three-game run and I do remember last year that was very exciting DePaul won and then they almost won their second game I want to see what they what, yeah, I wasn't sure if they won two and then almost lost yeah but the, whatever game they yep. lost it was a great game and they, it was like oh everybody in Chicago was like half-heartedly rooting for DePaul mm-hmm. like half jokingly and half seriously because yeah. what a bad season they had you, you know. the only bad so. part was we had to listen to Zach Zabman and Lawrence Holmes bring it to us via the radio Oh, I didn't have to listen to that. No. Uh, all right, we're well, real quick in the Big East now. We we know the obvious favorites, the Villanova, Syracuse, the prohibitive favorite. But, Big Dog, you watched a lot of college basketball this year. And, again, fans, you want to check in, talk a little March Madness, your favorite team, 888-463-6748. we got 12 lines open if you want to squeeze in. Um, some of those mid-range teams, Notre Dame, Louisville, Marquette, South Florida, Seton Hall, any of those teams, Big Dog, uh, any one or two of those capable you think maybe in the right mood to catch hot and maybe make a run at it? Yeah, the crazy thing is all those teams are really good, capable college basketball teams, but the fact of the matter is there's so many good, capable teams in the Big East, it's hard to pick one. I, I will say this, I love Syracuse because of uh, uh, how young, I mean, excuse me, how like tough and and skilled and I just like the way they play. They're not athletic. They just play really good college basketball. And I love Villanova because I love Scotty Reynolds. That's the epitome of what you want mm-hmm. a college basketball player to be. But if there's any team, Coach, I'm thinking Georgetown because they had one of the best teams. They had a top-ten team in the country. They definitely have a lot of talent. And then all of a sudden, they went through a stretch where they couldn't hit a bucket and they couldn't get a break. And everybody forgot about them. Mm-hmm. This is, they really need this in order to move up. Everybody's talking Georgetown and Seton Hall right now because they played really well over the last like three weeks. But Georgetown is the sleeper in that particular tournament. Watch you know, out that, for the Hoyas. That's a team, and I, I'll be perfectly frank, I did not get to watch as much college basketball as I would have liked to this year. I did get to see a fair amount of teams. Georgetown is a team I really, outside of highlights, I did not get to watch, so I can't judge on them. West Virginia, I think, with Bobby Huggins coaching them up. Ooh, another good team. Certainly yeah. a contender. You mentioned Villanova. Scotty Reynolds I love, but we should also mention his backcourt partner. Is it Corey? Um, Same guy as last year. And the guy, the kid, not real big, 
but he goes to the basket. He's, so, he's as good as anybody in the NCAA this year at taking the ball to the hoop. He did it last year. He's doing it again this year. Strong kid. You know, people talk about, well, in college, sometimes they put, you know, four guards in a center out there. Villanova will throw five guards on the court out there if, if Jay Wright feels like it. Seriously. And mm-hmm. they ask him about it. He's like, sometimes that's my best team I can put out there. A coach that doesn't care about, uh, like, tradition or anything like that, he, that's, like, very Don Nelson of him. Mm-hmm. I, I like that about him. And that's, it's funny, Villanova will go really small on you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the problem with Villanova, the games they've lost, is they don't have that scoring inside. They had the kid Cunningham last year who was a legitimate inside scorer. This year they don't have that. Dante Cunningham, yeah, I think, was, was his name. Sam the Butcher Cunningham. <laughs> Sam Bam Cunningham. Remember him, the great USC running back? Oh, heck yeah. That, he was the guy. He, Sam, uh, African-Americans, when I say this, please understand that. I mean the uh, most respect when I say this, but... Sam Cunningham may have done more for integration into the South than even Martin Luther King did. In some weird, sick, twisted way, he may have, Coach. Explain a por favor, because that's a bold because statement Sam, from a white Sam man. Sam Cunningham went into, uh, uh, what do you call it, Denny Stadium. It wasn't yet Bryant Denny yet. And just absolutely destroyed <laughs> the Crimson Tide one day. And uh, look at that color boy killing us. And then Bear Bryant immediately after the game was like, I really wish I can get some of these colored boys on my team. And then the, guess what happened next year? Integration at the University of Alabama, all thanks to Sam Bam Cunningham. And, and really, it awakened people's intelligence. People woke up and decided not to be so racist anymore. Mm-hmm. There's the Sam Bam Cunningham. You talked Kurt Floyd earlier. What a trendsetter he was. Sam Bam Cunningham is a forgotten hero <laughs> in, in the battle for civil rights in the South, Coach. I'm not kidding. I was not aware of that. Mm-hmm. Excellent little history lesson I've always said. and. People make fun of me that the TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic, is uh, not only sports but an educational program as well. Teachers could do worse than have uh, some of their kids tune into the show on occasion for tidbits like that, for tidbits like that that can educate the kids out there. Speaking of which, by the way, uh, a couple of people have told me that teachers should show kids the HBO special. I don't know what it's called, but it's on Magic Johnson. And Larry Burt. It's like an hour and a half special. I don't know if you've seen it or not, Big Doug, yeah. knowing your background. Yeah. It's called Magic and Larry, Coach. That's a clever name. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Would it you agree fantastic. that that would be a great uh, – kids could sit in social studies and that would be a great hour and a half lesson for the kids? I haven't seen it, but I've heard people say that. Coach, both of them, and both Magic and Larry, admit in there. They had a little animosity, and they didn't want the fact that a black dude or a white dude was showing them up. Mm-hmm. They admitted in there. And they talk about how now they would die for each other. It's awesome. I'm telling you, you talk, I mean, really, it's, 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 it's an amazing story. There was a lot more animosity that they felt towards each other than was ever depicted. There was a serious hatred and rivalry, and it turned into the fact that, you know, like, they're, God, they're godfathers to their kids now and stuff. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's an amazing story. And to be honest with you, considering how major of athletes these guys were, it's, it's not well known. Because normally we, we know every single thing about, uh, you know, our, our superstar athletes. And a story like this is kind of, I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more attention, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. All right, we've got to check that out. I know it's, uh, you know, if you got the Comcast On Demand, you can get that show. And they're showing it a few more times, I think, on HBO, too. But I've heard great things about that, and you're confirming it. Very cool. Larry and Magic. Uh, right now it's Big Dog and Coach. Not quite as fascinating as Larry and Magic, but... Eh. Magic and Larry. Huh? Magic and Larry. 
But we will do our best. Talkzone.com, 888-463-6748, the phone number, dog. Um, as we close up the show here again, a little March Madness teams. Now, you saw a couple of the Cinderella teams, a couple of small school teams make the tournament yesterday. I was not able to watch. Sunday I saw some games. Saturday I watched some. But uh, some of the games yesterday, was there any particularly intriguing finishes, any exciting uh, ball clubs you saw that made the tournament yesterday? Uh, well, we talked earlier in the show about St. Mary's. Where, well, as an Illinois fan, don't feel any sorrow that Gonzaga didn't knock St. Mary's out of the tournament because yeah. they were going to be in anyway. So they're yeah, not a Cinderella. They're for real. And by the way, when they knocked Gonzaga, a good, very good Gonzaga team, the final score was 81-62. They didn't just beat them. They thrashed them silly. Uh, it was, it was, Coach, it was a runaway the last two minutes. I watched okay. the game. It was, it was. Okay. St. Mary's controlled the game. I'm not going to, but it wasn't a blowout by any move, by mm-hmm. any means. It was uh, St. Mary's was up between four and ten most of the game. St. Mary's, okay. the the Fighting Gales, the Fighting Gales, coach. Yeah. Very good. Not sure uh, what a gale but, is, but uh, whatever it is, I'm glad it's fighting. People in uh, in Northern California have been asking them to change the spelling of gales, but they they haven't done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> depends who's governor. It depends if they have more Democratic or Republican congressmen. Yeah, well, oh, well, in Northern California. Well, it depends on how north you go, because you're either 100% Republican or you're 100% Democrat, depending on which. Uh, matter of fact, I watched on Bill Maher last night, and, oh, no, it was Saturday Night Live, excuse me, and they said that uh, last year a write-in person for senator in the San Francisco district, mm-hmm. uh, she was a professional dominatrix. She got more votes than the Republican uh <laughs> The public, the Republican, actually, the actual candidate. <laughs> that was that was her sole platform. Pardon the pun. She was a female dominatrix, yes. garnering thirty-eight percent of the vote. That's, yeah, she was gonna, yeah, yeah with uh, her. What do you call it? Her. Yeah. Well, constituency in the shape. In a sense, that's what politicians have been doing us for um, the last fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty years. So why not? We might as well make it official, right? This is true, Coach. All right. Did you watch any of the other games? The Siena beating oh, yeah. Fairfield? I, I, uh, I, seriously, I, well, there was a couple blowouts, and it wasn't your typical play-in game night okay. where there was a bunch of great games. But uh, uh, the Wolford-Appalachian game, I mean, there was, a, there was a pretty good game. And nobody played each, into the tournament for the first time, which is always pretty cool, but none, none of that happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll have more of it coming tonight. By the way, we got the uh, Horizon Conference Championship, Wright State taking on Butler. Uh, Butler's going to be in no matter what. They've had a phenomenal season. But Wright State, if they can pull off the upset, they'll be in the tournament, the Summit Tournament, Big Dog. Uh, This could be a good game, by the way. IUPUI taking on Oakland, a couple of Summit League powers, if I could use that word. That'll be a good battle, even matchup. But a couple of more teams will be joining the Big Dance tonight. Yeah, uh, Ron Hunter and uh, Greg Campy, a couple really, really, (laughs) really underrated coaches going on up there in that particular That'll be That'll be it. Interesting fashion statement battle too, won't it? Well, you know, well, because you know, we're not now like upgrading or downgrading coaching ability, but let's just say Ron Hunter, one of the top dress uh, coaches in America, Greg Campy, not one of the top dress coaches in America. Uh, unless, <laughs> unless you believe Johnny Cash was well dressed. Well, there you go. The, the, the man has a style of his own. This is the best way <laughs> to put it. I happen to like so. that particular look, but it's a contrast. And we won't compare which is better, but it's a contrast in styles. But well, it all depends on where you're playing, too, and, your... and where you're going after the game. <laughs> uh, Sunbelt Conference, Troy State taking on North Texas, another good ball game. So we're actually going to have three 
teams that will be entering the Big Dance. Butler out of the Horizon Conference. Big Dog very quietly putting together another good year. They've become a mid-level power, very similar to a, like a West Coast Gonzaga. I don't know if that's a, a fair comparison, but they're it awfully is, good. It is. It is. And uh, would you would you agree with me, the only game that has play and ramifications for bubble teams like Illinois is the Butler game? Yes. Okay. I mean, the yes. other two games that you're talking about yep. the loser is not going to get in all right we're going to have to talk more ramifications tomorrow big dog because uh i'm getting the rodeo sign from david olsen our producer it is time to wrap it up dog be good out there we'll talk to you tomorrow okay uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow everybody out there and talk about there it is big dog for two guys that are my talkzone.com producer extraordinaire and david olsen thank you so much for listening we'll do it again tomorrow 10 o'clock central time tell a friend